The following program may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Welcome to Metagamers Anonymous, a program dedicated to tabletop role-playing games and mostly related material in a presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. I'm Jason. Meow. Uh, I'm Rich. I'm Vanessa. I'm the kid. And we made it through that, at least. Uh, this is episode number 264 of our regular show. Thank you so much for joining us. What was the meow thing? I, I got to address it. <laughs> so our, our one of our favorite GMs, Alicia, uh, put up a TikTok thing talking about how she said she felt weird. And she was talking about a story about walking into Walmart one day. And they're like, welcome to Walmart. And she's like, meow. <laughs> she got like three or four steps in before she realized that she said that instead of hi. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Okay. I love Alicia. That's fair. That's that fair. makes yeah. you smile. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> I I was I'm really sad. I haven't seen her for a while. We have a regular game session with her, um, Jonica and I do, and you're on Monday nights with her and her husband Joe. <coughs> with her and her husband Joe. And I last week uh, was on the way back from Gen Con. I guess that's a good excuse. The previous week I was getting ready to go to Gen Con. <laughs> the uh, yeah. Week prior to that, I don't remember. When I, it's been like five weeks now since we got together for that game. Oof. And this week, we're having to cancel again because um, oh, Jonica had to leave town suddenly. Man, and we had bad timing. I, I tried to catch up with her to, uh, to coordinate catching up with her at work, but it wasn't going to work out. She had too much to do this week. It's just just been rough. I I and I, I feel bad. I have you know, at least she's. I was going to say at least I'm not doing this live, so she'd find out about by the show because I haven't a chance to tell you yet that we're not going to be able to do it tomorrow. But uh, we record on Sunday evening. Uh, well, this week, it's in the evening. So if you have stab marks on Tuesday, I'll know why. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I won't see her. I'm going to do it from a distance, uh, probably by text. Oh, she's got good aim. Not that good. <laughs> what if she sends yeah. monkey assassins after you? That's a plausible uh, situation, actually. So she we're, works the apes. Yeah, That's true. They're not monkeys. She, oh, she, yeah. She, she, she does she, not work with the monkeys. She, she will... She 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 will make yeah. sure yeah, you're no ape she, assassin is too alliterative. She keeps the monkeys away from the apes. <laughs> I like alliteration. Just saying. so did I mention I went to Gen Con? What's uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? So <laughs> I don't know if I've I bothered talking about this much in the weeks leading up to it here on the show, but I have uh, when I was a kid uh, and I got into D and D when I was like eight years old in 1983 or something. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, somewhere along the line, round about middle school, I got my hands on the mail or hobby shop catalog. This was, you know, before things like the internet, obviously. This was a catalog that you could buy role-playing game stuff in. And it went around. So a lot of people from that generation of gamers, you know, whether or not they're my age, but played back then, know what I'm talking about when I bring it up. You could get dice. I bought a lot of my dice early on because we didn't have, I lived in smaller towns where we didn't have a local store that sold this kind of junk. Uh, we could get dice. We could get miniatures, Citadel miniatures, a lot of the stuff, Ralpartha. These companies that had a lot of the chess X had a big part of the in the in the catalogs for the dice. And then a whole bunch of, you know, D&D and other related games from a couple of different companies. Anyway, they always had an ad in it for Gen Con. And so I've been, since around 86, 87, I've been wanting to go to Gen Con. It's been a lifelong dream. And I've never went. This was my very first Gen Con. It was different. It wasn't your typical Gen Con. But <laughs> that being said, it was so fucking crowded. <laughs> so it was a bit of a... 
a little bit of a mind fuck. The whole experience was it was going to happen, right? I a mean, a little bit of culture shock. Well, in a lot of ways, right? Because we've been dealing with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So like the the majority of 2020, you know, we didn't see anybody that didn't live in our house. Most of us didn't. You know, when, then when we did start seeing people that didn't live in our house, it was the friends that we trusted and, you know, spent time, you know, wanted to spend time with and do the same oh, things. Maybe you guys spend time with is a little bit more. Oh, and Richard, we like you. Get over it. <laughs> That whole experience was kind of galvanizing at the time, but it never really got us to the point where, at least me and I know a lot of you, I'm sure, where you just were just ready to go out and get be part of the crowd, you know? Just oh, Yeah, I'm still not there. Hell no. To be honest, that has never been me anyways. Right. No, yeah. Okay. And there's there's the thing. And I, I, well, we'll talk about that a little bit because I, I have mixed feelings about this. And I know largely where you guys would fall based on this. But I've, I, I run a convention. We have like four or 500 people show up. It's not a big con. It's one of these smaller regional conventions that draws locally about 60, 70% of its audience and then uh, the most of the rest come from the area, you know, one state away or less. Now, because we have the podcast, we do get some fans that fly in from across country and, and or, or drive from Arkansas. And there is no end of gratitude on my part for that level of, of uh, connection with our event and our community. I love that it's happened that way and we've got a chance to know so many great gamers and know some of our fans. You know, people we wouldn't even have met that if they hadn't done this because they didn't live anywhere close by. Some of my best friends. And so we put the we put this together and it's a crowd-ish. I mean, when we're there, it's it, there's definitely people. You know, we're around a lot of people. If you're not comfortable being around a lot of people, it's not necessarily going to be your ideal place to spend time. But role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, that's a social hobby. We require people to make it work. Yes, but you can normally fit the number of people into a living room. And often do. And consequentially, we, like a lot of our contemporaries, particularly in this part of the country, it seems, are the kind of people that do most of our gaming exactly that way, with the same people week after week or month after month or however often you get together. That is actually not the case for a lot of folks. A lot of folks game in public places anyway. They game at game stores and, you know, they wear... Like uh, our our local game store that we do a lot of business with, uh, do a lot of partnering with, the borough has rooms in the back for that can handle about four or five games at a time. And nowadays, yeah. I don't know about the pandemic, but until the pandemic, they were often pretty full most of the week through the in the evenings, you know, and then a good chunk of the day on on like Saturday because they always they always have to schedule that stuff around us <laughs> when we do our game days and stuff. But I mean, and we were at least in part, you know, instigators of that. They they built that play space, you know, after we had started bringing in the gamer crowds and filling it up and they needed the space for it. And then it worked out to where they could get people in all the time. And that's fantastic. And that's what a good game store often is, a place where people can get together. We have other stores in town that have a lot more tables than that, but they're largely in one room, you know, so it's a little bit different type of situation. Anyway, um, I digress. The... Uh, Tsunami Con is an example of a place where you get you know a few hundred people together inside of any given large space and tables like that spread spread out around the room twenty to thirty tables in a big room and then like various rooms where we have other things going on and you know it's it's a lot of fun but you definitely have to want you you kind of if you're not a crowd person you definitely have to kind of get yourself in that mindset walking in right or get the vague ticket and get all your games scheduled in the VIG lounge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and make sure that you can do a lot Pro of your tip. gaming in in quieter places where there's a less oppressive a crowd. That's absolutely <laughs> logical. Uh, I know that you know when Jason started coming out to the 
the convention, we after a couple of years, we put him in charge of the library. game library, and that that you know gave him a place where he could hang out, where he didn't have to be in the crowd if he didn't want to. Yeah, it could be on the other side of the table, which was nice. I, I liked Behind the setup. His castle. I liked the game. setup of the Scottish Rite, where you were up high and had the big you know the big counter all the way around you. Yeah, stuff. that was, was nice. That was my favorite. It's been a really kind of educational experience for me in dealing with that kind of social gaming atmosphere, right? Okay. <laughs> Gen Con. Yes. Now go to Gen Con. Now, see, now, I've been to a few other conventions. Tsunami Con is not the smallest gaming convention I've been to, but it's on par with the on smallest. The smaller end, yeah. Yeah. And um, I have been to a couple that are quite a bit larger uh, in the neighborhood of two to 3,000 people instead of, you know, four or 500. And those conventions definitely feel crowded to me. But when I'm running my convention, I'm it, it's a family business. I'm surrounded by my family, my friends, my fellow gamers that I that I want to spend time with. I'm, you know, and me and Richard. I am around these people all the time. And uh, that's comfortable for me, knowing that's what I'm. The way I've, got. I've got a support structure in place. I don't have to worry about feeling weirded out. But in the post-pandemic world, I still don't know how I'd feel about it, especially if I'm in charge of the event. Yeah. You know, because the pandemic's not done, right? I mean, we're still dealing with the the, the current situation and the Delta and the numbers rising. And you know, if you're vaccinated, largely it, it doesn't feel terribly unsafe, but people can still get sick. And Why do we not carry call it. that Delta Dawn? I just don't get that. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Thanks, Richard. Yeah. It's just just for you. Um, <laughs> I really feel like if we uh, if 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 we compare that <laughs> to I, I can't even find the words. Okay, Gen Con. They said, see, I, I got a press pass. Um, so when I was on my way home, I got press releases sent to me to my phone. And they said 35,000 people. Oh, good night. Yeah, they said 35,000, which was supposed to be about the cap because they were capping it, quote, half what they had at the last in-person Gen Con, which and was in 2019. Half- yeah. The last in-person Gen Con was a 70,000-person crowd. I can't even be- imagine that many people. For perspective, 35,000 is larger than the population of either of the towns I grew up in. Yeah, well, yeah, that's fair. I And... Uh, I mean, I would, I, I did not exaggerate. I walked in the front hall of the Indiana Gaming uh, uh, Convention Center for Gen Con, and our entire convention would fit inside the front hallway. And that's not a gaming space. That's the corridor between all the gaming spaces. It's like a 40 to 50 foot wide corridor that runs through the convention center. You know, the when you got into the actual rooms, now they were taking measures. I mean, they had to, obviously, they were taking measures. The convention center had installed brand new state-of-the-art filtration systems to, um, uh, you know, work out to, to filter the air better. They uh, were shutting everything down at midnight. Usually it's a 24-hour con. They were shutting everything down at midnight till 7 a.m. or something where, so that they could clean and sterilize everything. They uh, had moved tables and uh, vendor booths farther apart, you know, than they usually do, leaving more room for traffic and for social distancing. Still, these, I'm not going to say they're half measures, but the crowd, there's no crowd control here. They could have done things like include like, uh, I mean, I, I read people's opinions about this so to get ideas in my head of what people thought, but they could have installed like things like, you know, so the lanes of traffic went certain ways in certain areas. The uh, game room wasn't so bad in terms of like, if you were sitting at a table, you were going to be still still sitting in close quarters with, you know, five, six, seven, eight people, whatever you're doing. 
But if you are uh, going into the dealer hall, especially after it got busy, which on Thursday of the con, uh, it wasn't real bad. I mean, it started getting busy in the afternoon, but Friday was unbelievable. There was, that was, that was not, I mean, you could walk. I could get from place to place without having to flow, follow flow of traffic. But then I had to deal with kind of getting twisted around and through people and stuff. Uh, the easiest way was actually to kind of follow the lines. And that vendor hall was so immense that I could not cover the entire vendor hall and actually see everything unless I had three days to do it. It was ridiculous. There were over th- like something like 320 vendors, and some of them had huge booths. But you found Chessex. That I did. Uh, it helped that they had three booths. Jason actually warned me of that. He'd seen that online, that they were going to have three booths at Gen Con. That actually worked out nicely. I saw all three booths Ooh. eventually. Uh, and, and I found a lot of the other stuff I was looking for. I did find everything I was looking for, but it took some time. And I spent some money. Yeah, I, I had to. I spent a little bit of money. I bought dice. I bought uh, stuff, little gifts for my family. You know, um, I, I really uh, could have spent thousands of dollars in that dealer hall and still had, I mean... The prices of things nowadays, it still would have been easy for me to carry a couple thousand dollars worth of merchandise out of there. You know, it wouldn't have been too crazy. The, That's uh, a terrifying prospect. Everything's gotten so high. Now, the thing I did, if you're ever going to Gen Con, I think uh, you, this is my first Gen Con, so I don't have a lot of advice to impart to anybody except for the wisdom of having been there once but and in, in, in an odd year. But um, the uh, dealer hall is open from like, well, it, it was this time. I think it typically is. Like it's open like 10 to 6 every day. On Sunday, 10 to 4. On Sunday, I had other stuff going on and only got over to the convention hall for an hour, and it was between 3 and 4 o'clock. I hit the dealer hall one more time on its way out. That was the best time. It was it was started. The crowd was started lighting up anyway because people were kind of getting done with stuff and heading home or going to final games and things. And uh, people were not wanting to take extra merchandise home if they didn't have to. The vendors, so they were putting everything on sale. <laughs> so that's when I bought some of the made some of the best purchases and uh, got to got to walk out with some stuff I otherwise wouldn't have bothered paying paying for. You know because I, I couldn't afford it. But I got some games to show you guys and stuff. I hung out for about uh, half an hour or so with Phil Reed, Steve Jackson Games in the Steve Jackson booth. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I looked a little bit at the car wars demo they had going on because the new the sixth edition of car wars is coming out soon it looks freaking awesome super expensive but cool and uh he uh told me he showed me a couple of games that he was pretty uh, proud of they're simple little games that he thought uh, you know gabriel would enjoy and uh, so i picked up i picked up one of those the name of which i cannot remember right now but i'll find it and put it in the show notes it's kind of like this little kind of hack and slash style card game i think you guys will find fun it's real quick and simple it's oh, literally yeah. called hack and slash is it okay that would be why that was in my head yeah and uh, with it he gave me a free copy of another game oh, that, that's they, cool. that they had uh, that was scarf and barf which is actually a scarf and barf which is actually really appropriate for kids because it's literally your your the the cards are a game where you are uh, putting away the grossest and most ridiculous carnival snack foods and stuff and trying not to hurl when you go on the rides. That's pretty much what the game is about. So sounds like something that would amuse me for a good ten minutes. <laughs> oh, That's something I didn't know about you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> intrigued. Uh, so, I like playing little silly games. And these are. You know, they are. So that's good. Uh, but, you know, otherwise, and I picked up a party game that I thought looked really good. I had a conversation in the last podcast that's on the feed. Uh, I, I met up with a friend of mine, uh, Dan from Carpe GM, whom I'd never met in person before. You remember when we were doing stuff with Carpe GM? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan's a neat guy. I'd gotten to know him online. We'd done a lot of stuff for each other's podcast back when he was pretty active. And he's he's starting to get that way again. And he wanted to meet me in person, hang out. So he made his trip up because he, he was in St. Louis and was about four hours from Indianapolis. So it wasn't as big a deal for him. Uh, he came up and hung out for a couple days and we got to play some games together. I played a Deadlands game. I played a Savage Worlds game. 
I uh, I actually played one of Peter's games uh, that normally I I don't ever play at my cons because I'm busy, you know. But uh, was it a Savage Worlds Deadlands or was it the other Deadlands? It was Savage Worlds. Deadlands. It was uh, Deadlands Reloaded. Well, it was the new from the new Kickstarter they did okay. for Deadlands not too long ago. So I was just curious because I know Deadlands has been in other systems, so I yeah. wasn't well, sure. Deadlands was its own system. Yeah, it's yeah. originally it predates Savage Worlds. Yeah. And uh, I, but the setting and the concepts in it are unique to Deadlands, and it was really cool. It was, it was really interesting. I, I enjoyed heard it. Good things about it. I'm. That sounds fun. I've never been big on the old West as a, a genre for much of anything. Weird West, though. Come but, on, man. Exactly. <laughs> but Weird West has its appeal because of the weird supernatural and the Native American stuff. What are those weirdos you know, that really like the Wild Wild West movie? And, so I'd be on board with that. Really? Yeah. We got to put that on the list. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> That'll be a fun conversation, guys. There's a big spider in the third act. So, um, <laughs> the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, Superman movie. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole John Peters thing right there. It's all from a Kevin Smith bit. Um, so the, uh, what was it? Oh, the, the reload. Yeah. The Deadlands game. And I ran a game, uh, in the Monty Cook games room. I ran a game for them. Uh, that was, uh, it was actually a D and D game. I was going to run a cypher game and, and I had to cancel that one, but the, uh, D and D game that I was, uh, that I ran for them was fun. Had a great group of players. With it. Weird. This was the first time I have, and I've dreaded this. The first time I sat down at a table and played through masks for a few hours. You're wearing masks and try to role play through that. Especially as a game master, it's really hard for me because I am so hard of hearing. And some people do fine. Some people, whether it's the timbre of their voice or the way they project when they talk or they're just hyper aware of it so they're trying to be louder, do fine wearing a mask. But some people, it didn't matter. There was this girl on, the, on my right side and my, my right ear is my bad ear anyway. And she, I never understood. I'm sorry if you're listening. I, I, I really, really am. I, you guys were lovely. And I, I really, I realize you're probably not, but I could not understand a thing she said the entire game. A couple times the guy beside her repeated what she said when I was like, you know, I didn't catch that or something. And then it was easier. But some of the other guys were really great. And, uh, the, Overall, the gaming experience was fine. I mean, you know, it is what it is. You guys do games at conventions, so you know. I wonder if some of those masks that have the clear panes in it would have helped you. Like if you're able to see their mouths move. I'm sure. I'm sure. On the other hand, that's going to deflect more sound. It might deflect more sound, but a lot of people associate the way people talk with how their mouths move. I don't think I can read lips, but I do know that I understand people better if I'm having trouble hearing them if I can see their mouth. Exactly. Yeah. I try not to look at people's faces, so I'm That's pretty fair. much good with that. If I'm talking, if I'm talking to you, I'm generally looking either at you or right above you, where I can still see you. I pretty much only do that with you. <laughs> if I'm talking to you, I'm either making direct eye contact or I'm literally watching your mouth. That's fair. Yep. So. <laughs> Overall, um, not a bad experience. I mean, it was a little hair-raising and being in that crowd, but I felt like I was in a position to take responsibility for my safety. I stayed away when it felt crazy. I uh, I wouldn't spend too long in the dealer hall if it felt like the press was going to get to me or if I couldn't maintain some kind of social distance for were part of it. Were masks being mandated? Masks were mandated, and 99.9% of the people were following those rules. That's awesome. That I is was an impressed. amazing number there. But it was also because of a zero-tolerance policy from the you know there's there were people that you could see that were not they would say and a lot of people it was they would sit down at a table to game or something and the excuse of eating or drinking something meant i'm taking off the mask now uh interestingly enough although there seems a logic in if you're eating or drinking something maybe lower the mask for a moment to do it and then put it back but the truth is they weren't even supposed to do that at the gaming tables 
Gen Con had designated areas outside in the corridors where you could do where you could do that stuff. They, it was kind of like a mask break area, is the kind of way that which is a stupid fucking idea because it absolutely defeats the purpose of mandate in the first place. But that's not not the point. And I think because the corridors, the main halls, weren't actually part of the convention, quote unquote, the rooms that they actually rented, where the halls were just the Indiana Convention Center, you know, so they probably couldn't mandate it the same way out there. But they were. Um, they were pretty persistent. If they caught somebody when they weren't supposed to, you know, with the mask off when they weren't supposed to, they would say something or make them leave. And the last thing you really want to do is pay $100 for a ticket for a convention and get kicked out. So they'd almost have to put like a sticker on your name tag. You've been warned once, you've been warned twice, and out of here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but... It that's, was that's why I would run it. That's where zero tolerance comes in. Yeah, yeah. it was they they were pretty um and, and that got around. That word got around, I think, which was the most important part of that in a way. Very so nice. you know, people were, were really behaving themselves. I felt like it that's wasn't good. largely an issue. Uh I didn't feel like it was for us. I know that there were times we were sitting in the gaming tables and we picked a table both nights that I played, we picked a table that was far back away from people for the most part anyway. So we weren't really that close to anybody. But there you go. Anyway, it was it was fine. It was fine. And uh, it was nice being in a hotel that was attached. You know, um, uh, Peter, who I was rooming with, he uh, gets rooms downtown. He gets the the VIG stuff. And I have no idea how much that, how expensive that is. But a lot of it has a to lot. do with kind of being, a lot of it has to do with kind of being um, grandfathered into it every year as well. You know, you uh, if it's like, it's something like you can like skip one year or something. But if you like miss two years of doing the VIG stuff, then you no longer have that option mm-hmm. kind of handed to you. It's a limited number on everything. And it's always capped. It's always capped out, always always sold out. So uh, he got a one of the, there was a one of the hotels at the JW, JW Marriott. And here's the here's the cool thing about Indianapolis: um, the entire downtown area is the convention, pretty much. Jeez. The convention center I'm talking about, Gen Con is in the convention center and covers rooms all over that convention center. And some of those rooms, like the game room, you walk into one end. The other end of that room is so far away you can't see it for the haze. I mean, <laughs> it is it is intense. And the wow. dealer hall, like I said, I already talked about how big the dealer hall is. The it took like 20 minutes to walk the length of the convention center, just walking it at a at a good clip. Uh, but the convention takes place in that convention center and five surrounding hotels. Oh goodness! Now this year, a lot of that stuff wasn't being used. I never went to anything in any other. In fact, Mikey was playing in one of the other hotels, Mikey Mason, and I didn't get a chance to go over there to see him because nothing else was going on over there. So I never made it over there. But and his shows were selling out, I think. So that's that's fantastic. But that's he, awesome, uh, but they, but the, the they were all over, and all these hotels have skywalks. In fact, much of downtown Indianapolis does. You can cover from the hotel we were staying at halfway across downtown without ever going outside. I support this. Why doesn't right? Wichita have that? It's really cool. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's obviously money in it. Well, there's nothing on this scale in, right. in our town. We, in, we don't have the infrastructure to support it. And I mean, I Gen Con's not the only convention that obviously this whole thing supports, but it's probably the biggest. I know it brings in a lot of money to their downtown area. They have a lot of great restaurants around there and stuff. It was really, it was really cool. But I, I did enjoy the I did enjoy the having the hotel attached. Now, even though I say that, when I was imagining this originally, because I'm used to my convention and these smaller conventions, right? You imagine, oh, I'm in a hotel that the convention's at. So okay, so convention is downstairs, hotel is upstairs. I just got to go over towards the elevator. So they go, no, no. I had to when I left our room and went down to the second floor or to the first floor and took an escalator up to the second floor. You know, go to the second floor, get on the skywalk, go across. And then you're walking through a walk area, skywalk style area that's all alongside a parking garage. <laughs> After about eight miles, you take a right and you, you, you move across the street to 
uh, a, a lobby area that's above, and then you ride an escalator down to the actual convention <laughs> hall area. It took... I, I did it once because there was one time I was in a really big hurry because I had to get to, I think it was I had to get to my game at the Money Cook place. I was in the dealer hall with some purchases and I had to make it back to the hotel room as quick as I could to drop stuff off because I didn't want to grab, you know, carry other merchandise around with me. And um, I made it from the dealer hall to our hotel room in like 16 minutes. And that was flat out moving. <laughs> it was a lot of walking. How many pain meds <gasps> did you end up taking? How many what? Pain meds. <laughs> um, you know what? Okay, I. This is bizarre, by the way, because that's a fair question. That's a fair question. And when I got home after a day or two, I was in real pain. But the whole time I was there, and part of it's probably the adrenaline. But even then, I was doing a lot of fucking walking. I was fine. Huh. I didn't even have. They. Always, everybody always says wear sensible shoes, and I wear sandals everywhere I go. You know, they're they're broken in, comfortable sandals. It's as sensible as I get, and it is not recommended footwear for Gen Con. I promise <laughs> you. Not to mention, since we had the hotel downtown, I mean, we had valet parking, but getting the vehicle out to go somewhere was a pain in the ass. It wasn't worth it unless you really needed to. And so you walk everywhere, and um. Peter and I would eat places, and he considered anything within about a mile walking distance. I can see that. Right. And the dude is 70 years old and walks like a 25-year-old athlete. I can I mean, also see that. I could not keep up with him. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but he was a fantastic guide through the whole experience. He he paid a lot of attention to uh, helping me figure out what was going on. And well, I mean, he's been to how many Gen Cons? Everyone since like 83, except for yeah. one. Yeah. He, he missed one. So he definitely knew his thing. He has like how do you do a lot of people there? A lot of friends there, a lot of uh, people in a lot of industry people there, you know. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. It was great. But anyway, that was kind of my Gen Con experience. I, I blogged about it a little bit. The links are all on the Facebook, the social media and stuff. And if you want to check it out, it's it was uh uh, kind of a fun look at the end of each day. Usually I waited until I was fucking tired, you know, so there's no filter left and I'm just, you know, just talking. Just This is the wind you know. down for the day. Yeah, yeah. Makes a couple sense. of them I did at like 3 a.m. after I'd slept for a few hours and then because it's hotel beds, woke up. Yeah. I look forward to the opportunity of trying it on a real Gen Con without the pandemic stuff. But the thing I missed most was not having you guys there. Oh. Yeah, and... That just, that hit me, I think, Saturday morning. It hit me hard. That there was something that was missing from the whole experience. And I loved being there. Yes, yes, you too. And I loved being there with... um with with my friend Peter and I loved catching up with Dan and and meeting and, and having a chance to catch, to hang out with I got to I got to hang out a little bit with Bruce Cordell from Monica Games and uh, talked to Chris Premus a little bit from Green Ronin and I you know like I said I hung out with Phil Reed from Steve Jackson I mean these are people that I know in the industry that I've had a chance to interview with or or visit before a little bit but this is the first chance in person except for, I mean Phil came to our convention one year but the first chance I got to meet the others and and uh, several of the people from the Monty Cut crew uh, Tammy and Charles and uh, just just a really great group of people a lot of fun to to hang out with and chat with but. I missed having you guys there. That would have been the most fun if we could have, as a group, picked games we wanted to go to. You know, hung out with the people I wanted to hang out with, a game with, visit with after hours, go to dinner with. You know, I mean, and <laughs> I know Peter listens, so I don't want I don't want him to think that I don't appreciate everything he did, and he knows how much I enjoyed the, spending the weekend up there in his company and everything. But that would have been uh, the icing on the cake by far. And it it didn't depress me or anything, but it definitely hit me. You know, this would have been great. But the problem is that it's not an experience that everybody in our group would. Have Light, I think. I don't know. You were given numbers there, and I was looking at the the last Planet Comic Con that I went to, and Planet Comic Con had more people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But it's also a different activity. Yeah. A different type of activity. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. But I might be more okay with it than I realized. There's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, I've, I've actually been in... What's the... Jason... A kid, do you remember how big the Lollapalooza crowd was when we were there that year? Uh, it was about 8,000. No, no, Lollapalooza. It was in the like 30s or 40s. Oh, that was uh, where they had the water riots. The one in the Kansas yeah, City area. Uh, no, I don't remember. It was the largest event I'd ever been to. I though. think it was the largest, the largest concert crowd I've ever done, and it was probably on par with what I with what I saw. But this was all segmented out and everywhere. Mm-hmm. So biggest thing I ever did was WrestleMania with 83,000. That's huge. That's yeah, that's, that's bigger than the Planet was that in, I just looked up. Was that here in town? That was in Detroit. In Detroit. Okay. I was going to say, do we have an arena? That would hold? No, I don't think we no, do. God, no, no. Our was biggest one, I think, holds like 40-something. Uh, the main event was Cena versus Edge. Okay. So, yeah, that's a pretty good draw. Or Cena versus Batista. But it was in Ford Field, and they set a record. Nice. Wow. That'd be fun. Yeah, I looked up the people count for the Planet Comic Con that I went to in 2019, and they were at seven. 70, Focus events like that, though, like concerts and like the, the wrestling things where you have like a, a basic event that everybody is focused on is such a different experience than a milling crowd, too. That's true. It so. was it was 80,000 people looking at the same thing. Yeah, which the energy, the I like the energy place. of that stuff. That was incredible. Yeah. But before and after when it was milling and on the way to the event and in the hallways of the event, the energy was not there, but the people were. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I can still yeah. relate because growing up in Hutch, where we had the Kansas State Fair. Which is big. Yeah. In 2019, it got down to 280,000 visitors. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, a, a crush of people, a but lot it's of, a it's larger outdoors. area, but it's still a crush of people. Largely outdoors. I think now. largely, which does make things feel. And it's a, it's a week and a half. And, yeah. And, and it goes from, was oh, that all? Gosh. It felt yeah, like yes, it's just 10 days. Yeah. 10 days. I haven't been to the State Fair in a while, um, but I've been to a couple of concerts then. They were always big crowds. Yeah, that's the so. week I always chose not to do anything. Right, because you lived like three blocks from it, didn't you, at the time? Well, a mile and a half, <laughs> but still, sometimes it was easier to walk than find a parking place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, dude, I would have loved to know somebody that lived three blocks <laughs> from the fair. Unfortunately, our on-street parking was on 11th, which was a big street in that part of town. So we had a lot of traffic yeah. to begin with. This is notable because Hutchinson has only got like 50,000, 60,000, something like that. 80,000 maybe at the it, most. It was 35,000 at that when yeah. I was growing up, it was about thirty five thousand. It was a tenth of the size of Wichita. So I mean, that wasn't any bigger really than like Dodge City, um, where, where a kid and I were from. But you talk about, I mean, Hutch has that many people in Hutch, right? And we had the surrounding communities, and we had a lot of farming communities that all drove into Hutch because we had stuff, right? Again, it's that thing. You're in a small community. You have nothing to do. You drive to the bigger this community. Is, this is And then Kansas. the people from Hutch yeah. drove to Wichita, Wichita to get away from the people driving to Hutch. Anyways, it's a thing. <laughs> but the state fair draws people from all over the state. But the state fair the state. draws all over the state. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And for, for two weeks, the, it's just, the town was absolutely slaughtered with traffic. It just puts it into context, right? A couple hundred thousand people, you know, you're getting to that point. Wichita is like half a million, like five or six, five or six hundred. Yeah. And I mean, you're getting to like a third of the size of the population. Population of Wichita hang out in Hutchinson, which is Just not a community that's supposed yeah. to support that, you know, <laughs> big enough to do well. But yeah, it's great. Uh, so yeah, it was big. I, I don't know how you guys are with with, um, with those kinds of crowds, but I think when you're doing the gaming thing, you're so focused on the little things that you're doing. Yeah, which it, you should be. It does change that a lot too. The crowd is just something you deal with when getting from point A to point B. 
Except that to me, I think the biggest draw at Gen Con is the dealer hall. It's it's intense, but it's it's huge. It's got so much stuff that you will never otherwise see. That's exactly yeah, you'll never otherwise see. Worth it, worth it, I think. Anyway, we'll see. I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll get a chance to go back in the years, you know, immediately ahead or anything because, you know, I, I poor. But <laughs> it was uh it was definitely an experience. Gen Con, one of those things that I definitely want to do eventually. Well, if I could figure out those of us who would be interested in it and we make a plan to do it together, we can bring down some of the costs. That's true. You know? True. And the the ticket, like I said, the four day ticket, like now nowadays is like a hundred bucks. I mean that's it's a lot, but not for four days of what you get out of it. I was about to say for a four day con, yeah. that's really not bad. You guys pay more than that say. for the VIG tickets at Sonomicon usually. So. I gonna say I definitely <laughs> would need to make sure I find a place without valet parking because I'm gonna have to sleep in my car. Right. <laughs> but that's not a valet or, or valet. That's not a VIG ticket. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tsunami Con is coming up. It's a virtual con this year. So if you um, have bothered to listen this far into the show and don't know about it for some strange reason, uh, it's happening October 22nd, 23rd, 24th, I think. And uh, I, I should know, I guess. Come on, it's, man. Oh, I, we're right. in the studio. I don't have the internet open. It's too much work. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, all available online right now. If you go to TsunamiCon.org, you can follow the link, sign up for games. Um, I know uh, Vanessa's going to be running some games. Richard's going to be running yes. some games. Uh, kid, are you going to run anything? You were talking about it. You think about posting um, something still? I I might. I've been giving it some consideration, but I've got a lot of a lot of concerns. So I don't know if it's going to get out there or not. We'll see. Okay, we can talk about it if you got anything that can help with. Um, even uh, even Julie was talking about running something. She's back there nodding in the corner. Right. Yeah. We were even talking about that last night in the game I was in. I was playing in a game with uh, some of the guys from One D Forecast in that. Sense. Nice, James. Yeah, James. Uh, you said you were doing like a hunter game or something, dude. Right? Yeah. Um, so I used to a long time ago play uh vampire, werewolf, and mage. Um, in the the original nineteen nineties version, I loved mage. Yeah, it's good. Game. I loved mage so much I read the novels. Now, if you know me in reading, I don't like to read. That's fair. So if I read some of those novels, <laughs> some are really good books. I though. really love the world. See, um, I, I had kind of I got interested in the game because I read the novels. Right. So um so I I enjoyed those and I I never got into the awakening the 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 chronicles of darkness setup and so this last night when we played hunter the visual second edition oh that's is, right it was hunter the something else before the reckoning hunter yeah the reckoning yeah the original hunter the reckoning. that was the one we hunter, played hunter yeah. the visual first edition is out and 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 available to be played uh we were playing the second edition that had it finished the kickstarter the kickstarter is closed so you can't get in on it at this point and they're editing the books, and we were playing off of an edit and then filling in rules out of the first edition version. But cool. I will tell you my experience with that. It's still crunchy. There's a lot of rules I would have to relearn, and I'm, I'm, I'll probably just dump what's left of my 3.5 uh, rule set out of my head just to make room for it, which is fine because I don't play 3.5 anymore because it's way too crunchy. Uh, <laughs> um, but I... Uh, I think I might like to get back into the Chronicles of Darkness because part of my problem with the old series was it the books start getting more and more depressing after you left Mage. Um, <laughs> Wraith, I mean, it's just depressing Wraith. from the get-go. Wait, 
Wraith, full stop. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Wraith, the Oblivion. I might remind you, right, was the name right, of the game. right. Just as bad as the movie. My, it's my um, was called it? Wraith the Downer. My, my group was my my group gets together and has you know plays plays Wraith on Tuesdays, has group therapy on Wednesdays. <laughs> right. So so uh, I I think Chronicles is better balanced, a little happier, and I, I I really had fun. We built some hunter characters. I I created a psychic. Um, so basically we're in this small Midwest college town, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's, you know, woods nearby and, and college students, not much else to do in town near the downtown area where the kids hang out and get drunk. Um, you know, a few of us live in different places and I've got my own little place where, uh, you know, the, the ladies from the town, the housewives from the town, board housewives come over and have their palms read and do seances and, and, uh, you know, college students come over and get their palms read and everything like that. So I do this stuff and I, I, I was always joking. I have some actual psychic abilities as my character, but I never use those when I, when I have a paying customer because paying customers don't want to know the truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. And <laughs> if you want money, you've got to tell them what they want to hear. <laughs> so like in the middle of this whole thing, building up, they're sending out these texts and he's in the middle of this thing with these three housewives and, um, you know, they're doing their, they're doing their little seance thing and he's got the tarot cards coming out and he finally, he finally texts back to him. He's like, okay, I keep getting the death card and a card with vines on it and a cards with pestilence on it. What is going on? And they're like, we found a dead body. And they're like, okay, I'll be over. All right, ladies, you got to go. I was really angry because I probably could have got another hundred out of them if I kept them around for a little bit longer and did a seance. But, um, so I'm playing, we're all playing these interesting characters. You know, we have this like park ranger, animal person, something. I can't remember all these details. Um, and we have a journalist and we have this person who's a loner out in the boondocks that, that, uh, runs a still and, and brings moonshine <laughs> on the weekends. So we've got this, this broad range of people and we actually created our own characters and they're real people with slightly adjusted things so we can hunt monsters sure and and yeah. we found this dead body that died from unnatural things and uh we role play you know we are role play heavy right uh so we we took a while getting our characters together we took a while getting the role play so our one shot's now going to have to be extended to a second one but the world was interesting the way it plays together is interesting and the characters feel dynamic enough and it does still give you a lot of room to create an interesting character you know cuz uh although they did they did mention it was interesting how we created a diverse team cuz we didn't coordinate it uh cuz apparently when you usually get people that play a hunter together you get like a whole a whole squad of uh Deans. Everybody's a dean. Winchester. Right. And, and, <laughs> and we actually had a wide variety of different type of skills. So, Good. but I'm actually interested and I'm probably going to go back and start picking up the, uh, the books, uh, cool. probably the second edition books as they, as they're coming out and whichever ones are already out. Curious to see how it plays. You have to run some games. You get to it. I I really always enjoyed the World of Darkness stuff, but I haven't I, done anything within years. I wish we'd recorded. We decided we weren't going to record this one shot because it was just a little play test thing, and we didn't realize our characters are going to be so awesome. And isn't that how it goes? Yeah. <laughs> I actually took my uh, gear with me in case I wanted to record any games we were in. And the one game, the Thursday night game, which would have been the best way for it because the the hall we were in was the quietest that night of the of any of the times uh -huh. we sat down to play. I didn't. Busted out. I was, you know, I didn't know the guy running the game. I didn't, I usually I would just go ahead and ask or something, but I was so kind of still 
out of my depth there at the time and still kind of off kilter. But you would have gotten a kick out of my character because the character I played was kind of a big game, game hunter style dude who talked through his mustaches. Was very <laughs> <laughs> I love character. And I just, I just like the whole time I was thinking, Richard would freaking love this. This is amazing. And I was, I was just, I was on fire. I was funny all night. But it was, it was good. It's funny. Sounds like something uh, Joe would, Joe would come up with here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the characters are pre-gens. I just had to work with what I got. But when you see a, you see a character picture, you go, oh, well, that's what that is. You and know? so you just bring it to life. You're like, look, I know I know what seasoning to bring to this. It's a Deadlands <laughs> game, and he was he was an explorer archetype. But, you know, he uh, had the he African had the big hunter. You know, the mustache and the, the tall tan hat and stuff. It's like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that, that was perfect. It was good stuff. Well, um, I don't really have anything specific. Uh, as far as the topic this week, I, I kind of wanted to touch base with you guys because it'd been a couple weeks since we'd had a chance to to visit, and we of course we took a break from the gaming, so that didn't give us a whole lot new to discuss because you know I was out of town. But Fun visiting's a topic, but uh, you know, but I, I definitely wanted to remind people that SonomiCon is happening and talk a little bit about the Gen Con experience for the listeners who didn't you know read it on Absolutely. the on the blogs or follow me on social media or something because I, I did put some stuff up. There's some videos on my um, uh, Facebook, Twitter feeds, you know, some videos that you can uh, find that I took from the place. So I was just kind of trying to capture a feel for it on day one, you know, walking around. Yeah, I'm not in. I'm not, I'm not going to watch them. That's fair. More than fair. <laughs> I, so the gaming hall was huge. I did watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, uh, SonamiCon, I hope to see you guys there. I, it's funny saying that because, you know, I don't, I won't see the people that I'm not gaming with, but because it's an online convention where I don't have as much that I have to worry about keeping my finger on the whole time. I'm running games all weekend. I just had to fuck it. This time I want to, I want to do some gaming. Yay! In the spring and last year, I met a lot of cool people from around the world that I never would have met at just the local. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, one that's of true. the players in the spring one in one of my games was in Brazil. Yes, I played with him in another game. Yeah, I think he might have been in that game also. Uh, it's possible I'd get around. <laughs> Gaming uh, uh, registration for games is open now. Early registration games is open now for um, VIG ticket holders. And I mean, by the time you hear this, the the badges, the VIG badges, will probably be shut down, and uh, the regular registration will be open anyway. That'll be happening this coming week. But there's uh, several games up on the schedule now. There's a lot to pick from. We we do seem to be a little Savage Worlds heavy at this point, which I'm not complaining about. But not but if you want to change that, get a game together and put it yes. on the schedule. I would love to see some more D and D stuff because. <laughs> that's something we usually see more of on the schedule but I don't get upset at not having a bunch of it because I like to see a lot of other types of things than just D&D on a schedule but I, mean, I there's expect more to role play more. gaming than D&D oh yeah we got a bunch of it right I mean we got some uh, what, what do we got up what? there there's a guy D&D. running some Sentinels RPG stuff there's uh, Lady Blackbird on the schedule there's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there's Greyhawk for yeah, D&D. there's there's I, a couple. I don't know what five E stands for, but didn't D and D five E was like the only game in existence forever, right? Uh, yeah, yeah I think that's so. the only game we ever play. And then Matt was uh, doing some Dread stuff. Dread and uh, Monster of the Week. Monster yeah. of the Week. Oh, Monster of the Week. That's why I want to play. Yes, stuff like that. So. I'm hoping we uh, see continue to see some more diverse offerings as well, and games will continue to show up and be added to the schedule. Yay. Um, uh, invariably, what happens with an online con is we never know how many people are actually going to show up, Until and the con starts. 
yeah, and sometimes even people that buy tickets in advance don't bother, you know, don't bother showing up because it's not an expensive ticket anyway. It's like if you don't show up that weekend, you bought an advance, you're out ten bucks. But and maybe you don't even consider yourself out if you supported the convention. Hey, yeah, which so please do. But the uh, event itself is is a lot of fun. We have slots all Wednesday, um, or excuse me, Wednesday. We have all Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, all day long. We'll do a live podcast on Sunday evening uh, for a little bit after everything but the last game slot probably is wrapped up. And we'll have uh, we're doing the tea thing again this year. Uh, Jonica's signed up. High tea. That'll be fun. I signed up for the podcast too. I'm interested to see who you're going to have on it. You. Oh, so far you're the only one I know. Darn. Um, <laughs> you haven't opened up signs for that, the rest guys. of us. But yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to remember if you're not a VIG, if you're not well Sentinel because I have VIGs. But yeah, whatever. If you're not, yeah, if you don't have that higher level ticket, then you're. Kind of wait until I open it all. So we'll see a lot more signing up coming up in the next week or so. But uh, get in on it now. And if you have games to run, please list them. You, you get them submitted and I'll get them on the schedule for you. It'll be a lot of fun. We play uh, we play all weekend long and uh, we use Discord as kind of our convention hall. It works really nicely. I, we've done this twice now because we did the game fair in the spring and we did TsunamiCon last year this way. And both and of them ran really smooth. And we're still No learning. issues. No issues. So... I'm looking forward to getting back to in-person cons, but this is not going to be it. I don't know. I told I, I, I'm probably one of the first people that knew, although the word is out now, but Midwest Game Fest was canceled. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw about that on Facebook. You know, Brad's uh, Brad's a friend, and he was really bummed about the whole thing. They I just, can imagine his group decided that it just it, they couldn't do it this year. Sounds like they're looking at doing a virtual in the spring and a mm-hmm. and an in-person in the yeah. fall next year, though. Which is what I'd originally intended to do with the game fair, but then we've been doing we've been stuck doing virtual. So now I'm looking at the possibility of doing the game fair as a real convention as well. More of like an expanded kind of game day thing where we're just focusing on the gaming instead of having all the other features and stuff. But still, I think I think Wichita, I and mean, we don't have a whole lot of other big gaming events going on, so I think Wichita can handle two of them. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, twice a year, I think we could do it. But we'll be exploring that, talking about it, we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. Thank you guys so much for spending a little time with me today. Uh, if you'd like to be part of the conversation, uh, join us uh, in any way. Let us uh, know what you think. Feedback at prismaticsinami.com. That's feedback at prismaticsinami.com. This is an explicit show, so um, if I don't like what you have to say, I may have colorful words to say about it, but we'll still probably read it on the air, unless it's really insulting, I guess, in which case, I congratulations. Thank you. I don't know. How easy uh, are you to insult? Um, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I find back. it very pretty easy. Chill. I do it all the time. I oh, just being witty helps. I just don't notice. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, drop us a line. Appreciate it. I'm gonna go ahead and get on out of here for tonight. Everybody have a fantastic week. Uh, thank you for listening to episode number 264 of Metagamers Anonymous. My name is Eric. I'm Jason. I'm Rich. I'm Vanessa. And I'm the kid. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye.